and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil, and this is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, I get to talk about everything in between it today. First time on the show, never had this guest, obviously, but also never had his profession. I'm talking with Christian Kirilla. I think I got it. He is a chess grandmaster. He's here with the St. Louis Chess Club, and he's the GM and the coach of the University of Missouri chess team, Christian. How you doing today, man? Good to see you. Thank you for uh, having me. It's a pleasure. I'm doing Jeez. well. The pleasure I'm... is all mine. I've never talked to a chess grandmaster before, so it's, I don't know, this is the first for me. I, you, I'm sure you've done a million interviews, right? I've done a few, yes. And uh, I usually don't wear a suit, but right now I'm actually doing commentary at the same time. So they pulled me off uh, the commentary booth and now to do the podcast with you. So it's really a pleasure. It is. Uh, I appreciate that very much. I've never had right right out of the right out of the frying pan into the fryer right you're you're just you're on camera you're doing what you got to do as you said you're here you are actually at the st louis chess club right now doing commentary don't worry everybody there's a couple other uh co-hosts as you called them before they are doing the commentary so we have nothing to worry about but tell me a little bit about the chess club what's going on i know we got juniors girls juniors seniors we got a lot of stuff going on tell me a little bit about it Right. So right now at the St. Louis Chess Club, and this is the first event that is live after uh, the pandemic started. So we used to do a lot of events live here at the Chess Club with the players all coming along and playing uh, face-to-face chess. Now, in the past year and a half, uh, a lot of these players have been playing online chess because because of the pandemic, the traveling and, you know, facing uh, your opponent uh, so close. Uh, social distancing you know you play online chess but right now this is the first event which is uh happening at the st louis chess club live and is the u.s juniors uh u.s junior girls and u.s seniors so it's three national championships happening while well, it started i think three days uh four five days ago and it's going to go on for another five days that is incredible man i i love it i think uh i i tried to play chess when I was a little bit younger, didn't go so well. Do you play chess? I don't know. Is that the proper term? Play chess? You play chess. You play chess. Okay. Yeah. Just want to yeah. make sure. Just want to make sure I'm using all your, your proper lingo there. But I'm pretty bad at it. Um, so that's just something. We'll get to that in a little bit, I guess. But I want, I want to talk about you, man. And we'll get back to the St. Louis Chess Club in a little bit because I'm excited. I have some fun questions in, in terms of what it's like being a commentator. How do you commentate chess? You have three people there. How much stuff is there to talk about? Clearly, I do not know. But how do you how do you get into chess? What do you? Oh wait! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry, I messed up. The first what question happened? I'm supposed to, the first question I'm supposed to ask everybody is why do you love sports so much? This is my show. I've been doing this for years. How do I forget that? Why do you love sports so much, Christian? Why do I love sports in general, or why do I love chess? Because uh, I do love chess sports is a as sport, well. right? Chess is kind I'm, of a sport. I'm, I'm, lump I'm, it together. I'm, yeah. Of course, I'm a big fan of uh, chess. I've been playing it all my life, but I am a big fan of other sports as well. I watch pretty much everything. Uh, I'm a guy that really uh, likes uh, movement. I, I like to be out in the open. I like to move. Uh, and of course, I like to play chess. Um, it, it's, it's just uh, one of my things. I like. I like. I love the NBA. That's one of uh, my biggest passions that uh, I started in college. Uh, before college, in I, I come from Romania. So we don't have a big basketball culture in Romania. But when I came uh, to college, I started playing a lot of basketball. And that's kind of how I got into uh, the NBA. That's uh, one of my main sports. And uh, MMA, 
Now I also practice a little bit of uh, jujitsu right now. I used to mm. practice MMA, but as a chess player, when you get hit uh, in the head too many times, it's probably not good for your profession. That's how we earn a living, right? Um, so I stopped that. Now I need to uh, jujitsu. But of course, chess uh, as a sport has been running in my family. Uh, my dad is also a chess coach. That's kind of how I got into uh, the game as well just to segue in, uh, into your question how i got into uh, the game um i was about five years of age and i was uh, going to kindergarten but i really hated it i hated it because um they were forcing me to go to sleep uh, in the afternoon and i had a lot of energy i didn't want to go to sleep i just wanted to play around like any kid uh, wants to so in the final semester of kindergarten, I guess you can call it a semester, um, my dad was like, okay, look, I see that you're very unhappy and I see that you don't want to go back to kindergarten. So we're going to cut a deal. I'm going to pull you out of kindergarten, but you're going to have to learn chess. I didn't know what chess is. I had no idea how to move the pieces. I was seeing my dad occasionally playing chess uh, uh, with his uh, friends, but I had no idea of chess. So I said, yeah, sure. I really wanted to get out of kindergarten. So that's how basically I uh, started playing chess and the rest is pretty much history. I really um, enjoyed initially the community that chess provided. I think this was uh, a big uh, incentive for me to continue and actually like chess as a game. And I was um, also fairly good at the beginning. So I guess that fueled the fire. Winning obviously feels always uh, um, always good. So I think those were the factors that kind of got me into chess. Yeah, I think if your dad's a chess coach, you're probably going to be pretty good. And if you're pretty good, you're probably going to like it more, as you said. Uh, what kid doesn't like? You know, every kid's now a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they just won the Super Bowl last year, right? Exactly. So it's it's one of those things where if you're really good, you keep winning. You're going to want to keep playing because winning is fun, right? No, exactly. no, no one that loses is having that good of a time. We can all pretty much promise that, especially at a young age. So I think that's really uh that's really interesting. And shout out to your dad for understanding that. Hey, maybe learning chess at five years old could potentially be better for you in the long run than just, you know, having a nap time because I never got nap time either. I never, I never went to sleep during nap time in kindergarten. It made no sense to me. Man, I hated it. It was so bad. And I was, you know, sneaking behind our professor to see when they were uh, gone so that I can get out of bed and just do uh, my thing. But yeah, that was, uh, I guess the catalyst for I love it, man. Chess. And so I guess, talk to me a little bit. So you're a grandmaster. Now that is mm -hmm. like one of the coolest terms ever in all of history, in my opinion, I guess. I appreciate that. What exactly is a grandmaster? Is this, does that mean you won a tournament? Does that mean you have your 10,000 hours? Like what exactly is a grandmaster and how do you get it? So uh, a grandmaster is the final title in chess. We have titles just like in uh, like martial black belts. arts. Yeah, okay, okay, you have yeah. belts, exactly, the belt system. That's how we have it in uh, chess. We have the title system. Um, grandmaster is the final one. Uh, now, the way you get to grandmaster, you obviously get all the other titles beforehand as you go up the ladder. But um, for grandmaster, you need what we call grandmaster norms. So the way you get those norms is you play in international events and you face other grandmasters, uh, other grandmasters, other very good players, very strong players. And you have to have a specific rating performance. So you have to play three very good events. You have to beat a lot of grandmaster. 
uh, a lot of grandmasters in the process, uh, you uh, basically have to have this rating performance, what we call a rating performance. Once you get that, and once you fulfill three of those performances, you will get the grandmaster title. Um, Interesting. That's basically how it works, and the grandmaster title is for life, so you can never lose it after that. Now, there's a big difference between a grandmaster such as myself and a grandmaster like the world champion. Um, because he's also a grandmaster, but we're not equal grandmasters. Mm-hmm. He's much better than I am, right? Um, because we also have the rating system. So the rating system is whenever you play against an opponent with a specific rating and you win, you gain some rating points. If you lose, you lose some rating points. And it's a very precise system. Um, I think right now uh, the FIFA, the soccer uh, association, mm-hmm. uh, is adopting has adopted for quite a few years, I think, the rating system. And I believe the NFL right now is trying to do the same thing. So um, it's as precise as other associations are already trying to implement it. Very interesting. That's uh so yeah, I was gonna ask, like who is who's the grandest master, I guess. The grandest of masters, uh, that's uh, Magnus Carlson. That's Magnus, Magnus Carlson. He's he's the world champion and he's been the world champion for right now, I think he's going into his ninth year, uh, eighth year. Yeah, he's been dominating the world of chess for quite a while. Uh he's actually gonna be in St. Louis um in 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 a few weeks i think uh, for the single cup if i'm not mistaken but anyway we we don't have to discuss that too much well hey we're you're in st louis right now so it makes sense hopefully you're going to be there are you going to get the opportunity how does it work like you're a grandmaster so can you just challenge him or or is it a little bit more formal than that like is it like a duel <laughs> may i ask you cannot you cannot challenge the grandmaster uh, no? to a duel. No, 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 no. <laughs> so he comes and he plays into what we call an invitational grandmaster uh, tournament. So uh, the organizers, they send invitations and they invite the best chess players in the world to come and compete against each other. Now, of course, after those games, the official games, um, you can go to him and say, hey, you want to play a game? He's probably going to say no get out of my face you know i don't want to play against you um but yeah you can do that of course uh, nevertheless yeah. in an official format they usually play against the best chess players in the world so mm-hmm. magnus carlson is going to come and play against let's say fabiano caruana who is the number one uh, american chess player right now uh, he's going to come uh, and play against wesley so like the saint louis chess club is going to try to invite the best chess players in the world um, americans norwegian there's a, a chinese player who is a, right now number two in the world um, so they're going to try to pile up all uh, the, the biggest talents in the world and have them play against each other that is awesome and you're going to be there for it? are you going to commentate it well, I'm not 100% sure. I did uh, do some commentary for uh, that last, well, two years ago, because last year mm-hmm. we didn't have it because of uh, the pandemic, but two years ago I did, yeah. Very so cool, we'll man. I love it. I love even it. If I don't, awesome. if, well, the thing is, even if I don't do commentary, uh, I will come here as a fan mm-hmm. because it's so nice to have the best chess players in the world all at the same place, right? In the St. Louis Chess Club. And to be able to go watch their games, you, you can get as close as six feet to them, right? Um, see them compete against each other, then, you know, go ask for their autographs after their games, take some pictures, you know? It's uh, it, it, it's pretty cool. You cannot do that with a lot of other sports, unless you have the best tickets uh, in the arena, right? 
but with chess, you can get quite close to uh, to them, which is pretty cool. I love it, man. I think it's so. I, I am a huge advocate for seeing the best people at the world do whatever they do. I don't care if it's chess or basketball or water polo. That's why I, I love the Olympics, right? Because yep. I don't know half those sports, and I watch them once every four years. But it's awesome to see someone shoot a bow and arrow like that. That's so cool. So I always love just seeing the best people in the world do what they do because there's a reason this guy has nine years running the greatest chess player in the world. There's something about that. Now, I might not understand it, but at least I want to say I saw it, right? It's one of those cool things that you can get to say you did. So kudos to you, man. Hopefully you get to commentate it. Maybe actually you don't even want to commentate it. Maybe you just want to go as a fan. I like it either way, but it sounds like you're going to have a good time in a couple weeks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, these are some of the best tournaments. There's this thing called the Grand Chess Tour. So the Grand Chess Tour is a tour of events organized by the St. Louis Chess Club in cooperation with the Grand Chess Tour. Uh, the Grand Chess Tour is called a tour because it happens all over the world. It's an international uh, series of events. Now, we uh, started the first three events. One of them was in Romania. Then we moved on to Paris, uh, France. Then we moved on to Croatia. And now for the last uh, two tours, are, they're going to come in St. Louis. So we're going to have it. the Rapid and Blitz, and then we're going to have the Synchro Cup. So um, that's pretty cool. That's when we're going to see all these best chess players. I think it's incredible. Now, just to understand the scope, I guess, like how many grandmasters are there in the world? Just to understand, like, is this a few hundred? Is this a few thousand? Like, how does that number work? Um, right now, I believe we're uh, approaching some somewhere around 2,000 grandmasters okay. in the world. Uh, cool. There used to be way less than that. Um, but in recent years, with the expansion of, of uh, information and the avail- uh, availability of information, it just beca- became much easier for uh, youngsters to become very good at chess and That's get awesome. a grandmaster title. That's what we're looking for, right? The more people that play the sport, the bigger it gets, the wider it gets, the more money everybody makes, right? That's not oh, a bad yeah. deal. Oh, oh, yeah. And just recently, a guy from New Jersey, 12 years of age, he became a grandmaster. No way. Smashed a record that was standing for 20 years. Goodness. And he's, uh, he's an American, so that's pretty cool. I love that. I'm in New Jersey right now, so I'll go. Uh, deep, there you I go. Mean, I'll ask you offline where I can find him. Maybe I could get him on the show too. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but that, that's that's really interesting. I was I kind of want to know the scope of it, right? Because there's there's 32 NFL quarterbacks, right? There's there's only 32 that start. I mean, there's a couple extra, but there's 32 of them, right? There's 2,000 people. How many people in the world have played chess? The number is insanely big, way bigger than the number of people that have ever tried to throw a football, right? So just understanding that scope, I think, really brings it into, you're you're one of 2,000, man. You're one of the greatest in the world at something. So I appreciate you coming on, dude. This is great. I appreciate you having me on, for sure. The pleasure is mine. And you actually brought up something really interesting. We didn't talk about it beforehand, but I'm kind of curious. As you said, the spread of information and the ability to go online and learn all these things, and I'm sure YouTube has been incredible for your sport, right? You can learn essentially anything on YouTube. It's been great for homeowners too, right? So I'm kind of curious from your perspective, especially over the last, uh, let's call it 18 months with the pandemic, I know the rise in people watching Twitch streams of other people watching chess. It was like, it's just an astronomical, I'll go this way. So it looks right. Just an astronomical rise. What have you seen in either the number of people that are interested in the sport, the number of people that are, that are trying to gravitate towards the sport or really just, you know, went from casual to, Less casual, I guess we'll call it. What have you seen with specifically, let's just call it the last 18 months with online chess and the, the ability to just watch it right from your computer or TV screen? It has been a ridiculous boom 
of uh, new people starting to watch chess on Twitch, as you were mentioning, that was the big one um, because you have a lot of personalities, a lot of chess personalities mm-hmm. that new viewers were able to connect with on Twitch specifically. Now, YouTube has been uh, going on for quite a while. And um, right now, the tournament that we're doing commentary on is uh, on YouTube on, and on Twitch. But on YouTube is where we have the bigger audience. Nevertheless, yes, absolutely everybody that I, I have been talking to, especially after um, the Queen's Gambit, I would assume you watched. Oh, that Gambit was a big one too. Well. Yep, forgot about that. that was so, it feels like that was eight years ago, but it was really only what, like 16 months. So yeah, forgot about that one. That was a huge one. I, I think the first stage was the start of the pandemic sometime in March, because that's when people started being locked in their ho- homes and looking mm-hmm. for content online uh, to find uh, what, what to watch. And we were able, of course, you cannot play basketball online. You cannot play football online, but you can play a lot of chess online. And we were lucky with our sport to be able to do that and to attract the new viewership that was just available right there uh, to our sport. So I think this was the big boom. And as that was cooling off a little bit going on into May, June, the summer months, that's when um, I believe the Queen's Gambit came about. And that was just a boom, a, a ridiculous boom. I mean, everybody was asking me, hey, have you seen the Queen's Gambit? Hey, can I take lessons? Hey, uh-huh. I've, I've started playing chess with my friends. Uh, how can I beat them? You know? Um, so, yes, I think the Queen's Gambit was a big one. And after that, with the emergence of all these uh, Twitch personalities, YouTube personalities, uh, a lot of new viewership kind of got uh, connected and attached to the world of chess. So that is, yeah, those those it. two those two phases uh, last year were hugely important. Yeah, and, and the right fact now, that they overlapped each other, right? Like that's makes it even bigger. Incredible, yeah, incredible occurrence for for chess once in a lifetime. You know, uh, we probably had that. Back in 1972, when Bobby Fischer was uh, on the rise and when all the media was watching Bobby Fischer, we haven't had one of those moments since then. Um, and, and right now we're having that again. And uh, there's a world championship coming up in November. So <laughs> I think that's going to be huge as well. And I assume you can find that that'll be on YouTube, Twitch, all the all the easy places to watch it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, love uh, it. Not not only NBC, NBC oh, as well. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> not, not bad. <laughs> That's no. a pretty good one. I've heard of NBC before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> That's uh, awesome, things man. are things definitely are moving along the, uh, quite nicely for chess. That is fantastic. I always love to see that when people. I can tell. I always love. Again, as I said, I love. Talk, I love watching people, the best at the world, whatever the hell it is. But I also love pe- talking to people like you who are very clearly passionate about what you love. You don't work. You, you, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's tedious BS that you have to do and you got to get to get by it. But it sounds like you love everything that you do. And I think it's fantastic, man. And it sounds like you hit the jackpot. Let me just yeah, say yeah, that. no, no, I, I, I have absolutely nothing to complain about. I really love what I'm doing and uh, combining, uh, creating a life, but also that uh, with my passion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's in- incredibly important, and I'm uh, blessed to be able to do that. Yeah, well, you worked very hard to get there. I, I, again, 2,000 grandmasters, for anybody that didn't hear that before, 2,000 in the entire world. What, there are a couple billion people on planet Earth? I don't know. <laughs> so you're doing something right, Christian. So uh, you said something before, you know, how you have people reaching out to you saying, hey, how do I beat my friends in chess? You know, we're starting to play now. I do want to get to, you're the GM and the coach uh, at the University of Mizzou, uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um Sorry, I don't know. Can we call it Mizzou? Mizzou sounds Mizzou, cool. yeah, yeah. Mizzou, okay, Mizzou, cool. Mizzou. So um, 
some people are really, really great at what they do, but they are terrible at teaching, right? Some people are really great at what they do, but they're just not great coaches. It's it's a it's a completely different skill set. Was that something that was always in, in you? Like, did you always want to be a coach? Did you always want to share the information? And turns out you're just really good at it. How, or, or is this a skill that obviously you helped develop over time? No, I, I think it was always something that I was envisioning. Always I wanted to uh, push forward the envelope because my coach, my, my dad is also a coach. So it kind of runs in the family. Um, and being around him and kind of seeing him always uh, bringing students to his home and his teaching style and whatnot, that uh, a little bit of that uh, stuck to me as well. And then as I was getting out of uh, college, uh, I was starting to teach as well uh, privates on the side. So I think that's kind of how I uh, started. I really enjoyed um, seeing my students' progress, but I also enjoyed kind of sharing the passion with um, people from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, I have guys that are uh, 65 years of age and they just want to play uh, chess out of a passion. I have uh, youngsters who are uh, starting to compete and uh, they just want to become grandmasters. So I have players that are just at the beginning of uh, their career, let's say, in chess uh, or the road in chess. And I have guys that just want to do it as a hobby. And um, just uh, sharing that passion with them, I think it's... Uh, it's something that I always wanted to do. Yeah, and it makes sense. And I think it is pretty cool. Again, as, as, as I said before, you're very clearly passionate about what you do. And if you can spread that passion and spread the love of your sport so that way they can then share it with their friends and their friends and their friends. And this thing just continues to get bigger. And again, your sport just uh, you you gain from it because more people are going to be watching your commentary, right? More people are going to yeah. be watching these Twitch streams. More people are going to be loving the sport that you love so much. And there's nothing ever wrong with that. And so I was looking up a little bit about the Missouri uh, Chess Club team, and it only started uh, a couple years ago, correct? It's like 2019-ish? Yeah, we, we started 2019. So okay. uh, basically it was uh, also a co cooperation between the St. Louis Chess Club and the University of Missouri. Um, the St. Louis Chess Club, their system of raising talent uh, pretty much goes all the way from uh, the scholastic level to the collegiate level and then to the national level. Uh, they're supporting all uh, this, uh, these branches, uh, I guess you, you, you can call them. So they have a huge scholastic program, I think uh, hundred something schools uh, that they're teaching at the St. Louis Chess Club that is uh, around the St. Louis area. Mm -hmm. And then they also support um, St. Louis University. Um, and also right now, since 2019, uh, Misu. So it, it kind of uh, was a natural occurrence that uh, we decided to start this program at Misu. So I forgot, I probably should have asked this before, but what is it about St. Louis that everybody loves chess so much? Because I'm here in New Jersey. There's a lot of people up here. I have, I've met like five people that play chess, right? So what, what happened in St. Louis back in the day that led to the St. Louis Chess Club and then all the, uh, the, the eruption there? Well, there's one guy called Rex Singfield, who is really passionate about uh, chess. And uh, himself, alongside with his wife, uh, Dr. Jeannie Singfield, they decided to create this uh, center, uh, this club, the St. Louis Chess Club. And uh, they started that, I believe it was uh, 2009. And mm -hmm. after that, also the World uh, Chess Hall of Fame came to St. Louis. So basically having these two institutions, uh, institutions that have been regarded as, uh, you know, some of the best in the world uh, in St. Louis, 
and attract all these grandmasters for tournaments, uh, for uh, camps, because you have grandmasters from all over the world coming here to give uh, lessons, to, to, to have summer camps, wow. um, to just basically train the new talent, right, uh, around the St. Louis area. And that's pretty cool. And around the nation as well, because there's players and kids coming from all over, uh, all over the nation to teach, uh, not to teach, to be mm-hmm. taught. By the mm-hmm. grandmasters here at the well, same. I'm sure. I'm sure they're teaching the grandmasters a little something too. They're right? teaching, it's a give yes. and take. It's a give and take. So yeah. Uh, and so I guess so. So going back to uh, University of Missouri and what you do there as as the GM and the coach, was this um, was this something where you tried to convince them? Or did you go there and say, "Hey, I really think this would be great"? You know, we have St. Louis is already doing it. Why not get the University of Missouri? Did they come to you? Was it more of a kind of just an open dialogue because? Creating a program like that, I'm sure, isn't the easiest thing in the world to jumpstart, even in a place that is feverish about the sport. No, 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 absolutely. No, Uh, I kind of came up with uh, that idea and uh, I uh, spoke with uh, Rex and with the Singfield family and they uh, seemed quite enthusiastic about that. And then they went on to speak with um, the the representatives at the University of Missouri. Um, And they have been doing a lot of charity work with the university as well. Um, especially Dr. Jeannie Singfield. She's very uh, much connected with the university. So it kind of seemed like a good fit. And uh, awesome. after some discussions, it just uh, came to fruition. So what is what is it like starting a program, right? Like starting a program, what do you do? What's your day-to-day like? How has it changed? I mean, the last, again, the last 16 months, let's call it, have been pretty crazy. But what, what, what are some of the successes and the positives that you've seen uh, since about 2019? Oh, man, the beginning was, uh, I, I want to say, quite difficult, mostly because we were the new kids in town. We were the mm-hmm. new program. Now, the way you uh, become, you are competitive as a collegiate program, you have to attract grandmasters. And uh, there were a lot of programs in the nation that were already inundated with grandmasters. They had so many grandmasters, and they, they kind of had a step forward compared to uh, me, right? So mm-hmm. recruiting was the big problem at the beginning. Um, also, I think we started in February and we had to have a team of at least four grandmasters by the time um, the new semester started in August. So wow. calling those guys and trying to recruit them and um, all that process was a bit tedious, but I, I enjoyed it because I also uh, um, got to connect with a lot of young talent and, and show them what we can offer um, at the university and kind of uh, have them buy into our uh, vision. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Um, those were some difficult months, but in the end, we managed to get three grandmasters and a woman's grandmaster uh, in our first semester. So we were com- competitive from the get-go, which was a good thing. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the last 16 months, though, those <laughs> those were pretty tough because a lot of our players are international students. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of problems with their visas. Uh, yeah. Some of them, we I have... Uh, Right now, four Russian players on the team because we expanded the team in the next two years since 2019. Right now, we have 12 players on the team and four of them are uh, Russians. Uh, It's very difficult to get their visas. So that was a big, big problem. Um, Also, but we adapted. I mean, Mm -hmm. we adapted. We have Zoom. We can have Zoom trainings. um, And uh, it's much easier for us as chess players to actually do Zoom trainings Mm -hmm. than it is for any other sport. So once again, I guess we were lucky in that regard. I love it. And so uh, you're, you're obviously you've been you've been teaching the sport of chess for a while, as you said, privately since you, you left college. What is it like 
now being a college head coach essentially and and you know like what what does the chess practice look like like how how does some of that stuff work again coming from kind of a more i'll use some heavy air quotes traditional sports background baseball basketball football what exactly does a chess practice look like and how do you run that and how do you know if people are getting better or not and like i, I don't know how any of that stuff works yeah, well, uh, knowing if they get better or not, obviously we can see that and sense that in practice, but uh, the final test is going to be the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but practice is pretty much as in every other sport. You get together and you start practicing. You you start playing games against each other. Uh, I myself as a coach uh, try to uh, draft some drills for mm-hmm. them, some chess drills. So I give them certain positions. Okay. Uh, that they can practice. We have a lot of uh, different type of positions that you can be good at or not so good at, right? So, for example, open positions in which the board is open and a lot of things have been exchanged. If you're not good at it, uh, well, hopefully I'm going to be able to identify that and then I'm going to mm-hmm. do drills based on that. Um, that's it, it's just... And we use a lot of data. In chess, we use a lot of data because a lot of our preparation is done on the computer, uh, on the laptop, okay. on the, the computer, sense. desktop, whatever you. Uh, and that is because engines, computers, are just so much stronger than humans right now in chess. So an engine, a pretty much mid-tier uh, engine, is going to destroy uh, the world champion as well, of right now. Oh, yeah. Very easy. It's not even difficult. So a lot of our practice that we do, we do it with the help of the engines. Okay. So we input moves and then we get feedback from the engine and we see, oh, was that move good? No, you're supposed to do something else. Mm-hmm. So then you go, you ha- you shuffle through all these possibilities. And at the end of the day, hopefully you have a much better idea of where the direction uh, that you should be looking uh, for is, right? Um, so we do that a lot on uh, the computer. And as a coach also, for example, when... I'm preparing one of my players to play against an opponent, right? We have these things called databases uh, in which we can search for our opponent. And that database is going to show us what games he or she has played and uh, what uh, openings he or she has played, what styles they like, and so Mm -hmm. on, right? So based on that, we kind of craft this structured plan and we try to... uh, to, to execute based on that. So with all that information, with all knowing how everyone starts and finishes and what they do in the middle, what they do here, there, and the everything, like, how does how, how does that guy have nine world champions and no one could be, what is this guy doing? What, I forget his name already, I apologize, but what it, yeah, say it again, I, I apologize. M- Magnus Carlsen. Magnus, what is Magnus, Magnus Carlson, yeah. what is he doing that over nine years with all this information, nobody can still beat this guy? Um, he's a ver- very versatile player. So uh, a lot of the players have what we call repertoires, right? Schemes. Like yeah. in football, you have schemes, yep. right? Mm-hmm. We have repertoires, uh, like the playbook. Yep. The playbook of chess. Well, he can play a variety of playbooks, mm-hmm. right? He can get uh, the Buccaneers. He can yep. get the Patriots yeah. playbook. He can uh, read the other one. He can read a lot of playbooks, right? So he can start the game wherever he wants. And he's probably going to be very good at everything he does, at most of the things he does, mm-hmm. at least much better than most of his opponents. And this has kept him, this versatility has kept him at the top for, what, uh, what, eight years as a world champion. But even before that, he was the highest, even before becoming the world champion, he was the highest rated player in the world. 
My goodness. But somebody else was a world champion. Mm-hmm. And then when he got the chance to play for the world championship, then he he beat that guy quite handily. Good, good for him. But as you said, the machines, they'll still overtake us someday. They, <laughs> well, the, the, we're not even competing with the machines anymore. No, the, the, the machines have destroyed us uh-huh. uh, probably around, I don't know, 2006 or something, like maybe 2005 oh, wow. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so like the first iPhone. That was so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's just well. If you remember, I think it was in two thousand game the match between um, Gary Kasparov and Deep Blue, and this was mm-hmm. very mediatized. And uh, I think that was the first instance where um, a machine beat a human in chess, and that was mm-hmm. a big story. After that, slowly, slowly, uh, they just completely destroyed us. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. They know everything, and they know, as you said, they know it's... the right move to do in every situation. So. It's a sheer calculation. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, they have the computer power to just calculate thousands of moves uh, in, in advance, right? And thousands of opportunities in, in, in advance. And being able to do that, obviously, uh, just puts them on a completely different uh, station. Us. Very interesting, man. Very interesting. So I want to... Um, so it sounds like, again, you're having a great time. You coach chess. You, you teach it privately. What I want to get to a little bit of why chess is i've been told uh at least this is what i've been told many times is that chess is really really great for your brain it is it is one of the best things you could do if you could play 30 minutes of chess every day you'll i don't know be smarter or whatever whatever that exactly is what is it about chess from your experience that you have seen either i mean you've been playing it since you're five so like you, i don't know if you can kind of tell but maybe in some of the people that you teach maybe especially some of the older people that are like hey i kind of just you know want it like what exactly does it do to your brain that makes it such a powerful tool that people, like literally everybody, should just try and play a little bit of chess every day? Well, uh, it definitely is memorization also. So your your, your memory is um, definitely being ignited uh, by just learning all these steps that mm-hmm. you have to take to reach a certain position that you have analyzed before. Uh, so memory is one of them. Um, another one is decision-making decision-making sometimes under stress as well. I think this is a a, a big one because we very often play with clocks. So you, whenever you make Mm -hmm. a move, you press the clock and then your opponent's time is starting to run out. Now, if you run out of time, you're going to lose instantaneously. So, uh, the incentive to not run out of time is pretty much the biggest you can get. Yeah. Pretty high. So you have to sometimes make decisions with uh, five seconds on the clock, with one second on the clock sometimes. Um, so taking those decisions and kind of bearing the responsibility, I think that's uh, that, that that's a big one as well. And uh, especially for kids, I feel like it teaches them resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to lose. Yeah, there is no way around it. You're always going to lose in chess. Uh, but you have to just come back to the board and kind of understand what you're going to uh, and how you're going to approach the next one and uh, be at the same level of confidence as you were before losing, hopefully, mm-hmm. if you're good at it. So, you know, being able um, to juggle with all of these factors, I think, gives chess uh, yeah, quite a high note. 
Yeah, yeah. I think everybody that I've ever talked to that is in that world, that your your world, let's call it uh, our world now, they've always said chess. Just, I mean, if you could just play like one game, even if you get crushed, it's still better to play for 10, 15 minutes because it just helps your brain, the neurons, the connections, as you said, memorization, decision making, problem solving, obviously. visualization, visualization, because visualization you need to see well. where everything's going. You have to think, you have to assume or try to assume what your opponent's going to do, so what you should do or Okay, maybe they did a different right. There, there's just so many great things that come from it. And I am so bad. I tried playing for like 15 <laughs> minutes a day and I was just like, this isn't fun anymore. I was just getting more frustrated than anything. But maybe Christian, maybe this is my way back in. Maybe I'm going to do it for you. Wake up next morning, tomorrow morning, maybe play 15 minutes. The champion, the NBA finals is on tonight uh, as of recording. So I'm going to be a little busy, but maybe tomorrow morning. Myself as well. Myself <laughs> as well. I will be watching that for sure. Well, you're pretty busy right now, though, as you said, you actually were pulled. You were commentating at the St. Louis Chess Club, this incredible event that's going on. Again, we have the girls' juniors, the boys' juniors, and the senior event going on right now for the – oh, well, sorry. It's actually the, the girls' juniors and the juniors. Uh, girls can compete in the junior section. Oh, okay. I apologize. So thank it's thank the op- open section, the girls' section, and the senior okay. section. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. That is awesome. Thank you. I, I, I apologize for that. So we have those three events going on right now. As you said, you've been there for a few days now. I mean, you live there, so that's easy. You're going to be there for a couple more. How do you get into commentating chess? Because, I mean, there's only 2,000 grandmasters. I assume the number of people that commentate chess is just a little bit smaller than that. I, I think it's smaller than that, uh, but not only grandmasters can do it. Um, a lot of players that are not grandmasters can uh, are, are very successful as commentators. You're being humble. Christian, you're being no, too no, humble. I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Some, some of the most successful commentators out there are not even grandmasters. So um, it, it's just... I guess coming back to the passion side of it, you know, uh, enjoying watching games of the best chess players in the world. Uh, well, I could watch them at home or I could actually make a career out of it and yeah. do commentary uh, on, on their moves. So I'm I'm always going to watch chess. Uh, that, that passion is not going to go away. I might as well do commentary on that. And um, I tried it. Um, some people enjoyed it and... They, they liked the way I was commentating, and I kind of turned it uh, into a side gig, I, I guess. Side gig, a pretty <laughs> sweet one, gig. too. I mean, you did the world, you you did the in- incredible event there in St. Louis a couple years ago with Magnus, right? And all these other incredible, oh, yeah. you know, so you're clearly, you're clearly one of the, you're clearly one of the best commentators in the world. I think that's what that's telling me, is that if you're commentating the biggest events, I mean, you're one of the best commentators. So I kudos, congratulate, that. please. I appreciate that. Yeah, you deserve you deserve all the praise. I do have one last question about the commentating of chess. Mm-hmm. What is the hypest you've ever been? What's the loudest, the most excited that you've ever been on the microphone? You just saw something you didn't see coming out of anywhere. What's do you remember that moment? Was there one specific one you can remember for me? There's a lot of uh, those moments in pretty much every single event as we reach the championship rounds, right? And uh, but I, I would say probably the highest have came in rapid and blitz events. Rapid and blitz events are the ones that happen extremely quickly. Now you have the classical chess, which is played over a very a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, some players can get two hours at the beginning of the game to ponder their moves up to 40 uh, moves, and then they get additional time, and it can go on for like Whoa. five hours. Goodness. Now blitz, you start off with five minutes on the clock. And you have to finish the game in five minutes, right? Oh, goodness. So it finishes much faster than that. And the action gets extremely, extremely exciting towards the end whenever the players have, let's say, five seconds each on the Mm -hmm. clock. And the position is completely 
crazy. You you have no idea what's happening uh, on the board, but they still have to make decisions within those five seconds that they still have on the clock. So those moments, pretty much in every single event that we commentate, those moments when it gets down to their last second is uh, are, are just, I guess, the most nerve-wracking uh, opportunities. Yeah, that, that sounds yeah, as commentators awesome. That see now now I'm excited. Now I'm going to go upstairs while I'm eating my dinner. I'm going to throw on YouTube. <laughs> where can I find you talking about the St. Louis Czech Club? Where where can I go? Where, tell, tell me all your social medias, the team, St. Louis, everything. Give me all of it. I want it all. All right, let's let, let me see, let me see if I can remember all of them. So we YouTube St. Louis Chess Club. Easy. You should you should be able to find the St. Louis Chess Club on YouTube as well as on Twitter at STL Chess Club. Um, myself. I am Count Life on YouTube. I just started my YouTube channel, actually. I don't Love have... It. Let's um, get you some subscribers. Let's do that. There we go. There we go. Uh, Count Life there and um, Count Life on Twitch as well. That's where I usually do my stuff on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so How often are you streaming on Twitch? Is this like a nightly thing? Is this a couple times a week? What are you doing? A nightly thing if I am at home. Right now, doing the commentary and pretty much finishing at 9 p.m. It's going to be maybe once every like three days or so. Um, but yeah, St. Louis Chess Club on YouTube and on Twitch. I think mm-hmm. STL Chess Club on uh, Twitch. And uh, yeah, Missouri. Instagram, Missouri University of Mizu Chess on uh, Twitter. And um, Mizu slash Chess on Instagram, I think. And myself on Instagram as well, Chris Kirilla and uh, Christian Kirilla on Twitter. I love it, man. I love yes. it, Christian. This I, this has been awesome. I hope you had as much fun as I did. I learned everything I about Chess. This has been absolutely fantastic. And thank you for saying your last name. I think you did that on purpose, and I appreciate it. Let's see if I got it. Christian Kirilla. Kirilla, beautiful. Kirilla, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Chess the Grandmaster. Best. Oh, I'm sorry. The best I've heard today. I'll, t- I'll take it, man. <laughs> Chess Grandmaster, one of 2,000 in the entire world. A couple billion people on that planet, so you're doing some good stuff. Currently commentating at the St. Louis Chess Club, and you're the GM and the coach of the University of Missouri. Christian this is, was so much fun. I sincerely appreciate your time, man. This was great. I appreciate having me on. Thank you. Thank Pleasure. you. Pleasure.